Spoiler alert, it's not good. We're not going to say any spoilers, but it's Spoiler not good. Spoiler alert, I hated it. Don't record me. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Sleeping Situation <laughs> Podcast. I'm Ivy. I'm Matt. And I still know all of the misheard lyrics to the Numa Numa song. And I proved it before Matt clicked the button. Hey, uh, this is the Sleeping Situation podcast. It's a podcast where we review pop culture and we chat about life and we play silly games and get off on tangents. So here we go. What you doing? What's up? Nothing. Nothing? I still haven't wrapped my Christmas presents. Oh no. Um, All right, here's how you start. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. ISIS back with a brand new edition. Something. Is this is, is this how this is going to go? Grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon <laughs> daily and nightly. Will it ever stop, yo? I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. What else is up? I apparently I'm just gonna go do something else because you have this under control. I'm having fun. Um, nothing. I feel fat and from eating so many cookies. Oh, me too. That's what, what you're that supposed to do. For? Well, that was a strange thing to say until you clarified it. No, it's just I've I feel terrible all the time, and it's because I've lived entirely on Christmas cookies for the last week. You act like this doesn't happen every single year. I know. That's just how it be. I guess so. Um, I don't know. There's not really anything. Uh, anything. Well, you you have stuff to talk about. Ivy can talk about it. Um. Last night, yesterday, we went to uh, my uncle's wedding, and it was a time, and we we went to it. We got all fancy. Um, it's always funny when you go in the church, because it's where we used to have our band Christmas concerts, but we weren't there for a Christmas concert, and it all felt wrong. <coughs> Bless you. Um, we're both sick and dying. That that will happen. Apparently. Um but yeah, it was a nice wedding. Then we went back to uh, my Aunt Debbie's house and we played bingo with my extended family, which is a thing that we do every year around about Christmas time. We combined it with the wedding thing this year because everybody was already going to be in town. And uh, for the first time in like ever, I didn't win a single round. And that was very disastrous for me and my self-esteem. I like to win and I'm good at winning things and I don't usually not win things. And uh, I didn't win a single time. My dad gave me one of his prizes because he felt bad for me. I mean, it's bingo. There's no being good at winning it. That's what I'm saying. I'm very lucky and I usually win things. I won three times. You won three times. We had the same card originally, so I should have won three times because you made me switch my card. That's why. And there was no uh, B2 on my card, which is my lucky thing. But I was nice so that we wouldn't have the same card and I switched mine and that screwed me in the end. So, uh, like, I almost won the That was the, a really nice, bingo. you just shifted all of the blame to me. It is your fault that I lost, because you threw off my groove. But anyway, we had a good old time, ate some snacks, and played some bingo. What's there not to like? I was one away from winning the full card bingo. So was I. But no, here's the thing, is that I had the winning number. Like, the number that was called that mm-hmm. won the people that won. I had that number, yeah. and I just needed one more before that. So if they had come in a different order, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Tragic. How sad. 
Um, and you didn't even win anything on your scratch off. Rude. No. How rude of you. We My need a million lottery. dollars. <laughs> you mean like when someone plays too many scratchy lotteries? Um, I had pajama day at work. Uh, we kind of made it a thing a couple years ago that the last day we're all there before holiday vacation is uh, pajama day. So that was good. Um, I did all of my Christmas wrapping in one night, which is the way I like to do it so that it's not like I have to get all the crap out ten times. Um, but that also means that my back hurts so bad by the time I was done, and also Kitty was in the way the entire time, which is how kitties like to do. She likes to be the center of attention. Um, the rest of my life has been consumed by, uh, The Legend of Korra because I finished it, I believe, on Monday. The whole series, I finished it. And then two days later, I started it over again. And that is, I've never felt compelled to do that, but I literally liked it so much that I was like, again, please, I missed it too much after, like, 24 hours. That I was like, I, I can't handle this. I need to watch it again. And I did, and I'm glad I did, because I'm like, there's stuff I'm catching the second time, which is fun, and I'm almost already finished with it again. It's the best show ever. And if anybody out there likes it and wants to talk about it, please, because I'm annoying my, like, three friends that know about it by talking about it so much, so I need more people to talk about it with. So hit me up. Uh, the only other thing is, uh, we saw a Star War. We took some money and saw a Star War. And I don't want to talk about it too much, because there may come a time soon when we do a full review. But shall we say for now... That it wasn't a good experience. I I don't want to talk about the new Star Wars movie. It we, makes me too sad to think about it. I can't believe that I'm seeing people like it at all. People are wrong. People are wrong. I'm, I'm not even sorry. People are wrong. It's not good. <laughs> spoiler alert, it's not good. We're not going to say any spoilers, but it's spoiler not Spoiler alert, I hated it. It's my least favorite Star Wars movie, and I don't say that lightly. It is... It was not... It was not well-developed. Not one bit. But uh, I think if we're going to get into that, we're going to do it at another time, because it's still pretty early, and there are probably a lot of people that haven't seen it. Though I, there are a lot I of don't people who have wanna, seen it. I don't want to talk about it. We're going to have to. They asked me at work today. They're like, so when are you seeing Star Wars? And I'm like, I saw it on Friday. You're I like, go, I wish I could wipe were, my memory. They were like, what did you think? And, and one of my other coworkers was like, well, he didn't come in ranting and raving about it, <laughs> which is usually what I do when I watch something I really like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket. So, bummer on that one. Sorry, friends. I uh, wish I could unsee it. <laughs> see, I said the same thing, except for I wish I could unsee Cora to see it again from the beginning anew. Because I want to experience it all over again, because it's the best viewing experience I've ever had in my life. But I, oh, I knocked over my water bottle, and also I, I just have to settle for watching it a second time with my prior knowledge. Unfortunately, they don't have the technology yet. Uh, so that's about it, right? Anything else you want to throw in there? No, I didn't do anything this week. It's, it's holiday time. We're, we're gearing up. So, I guess if there's nothing else to say, we're going to move on to everybody's favorite segment. It's Things of the Week. Things of the Week. Bop. You get to go first. All right, I'll go first. Um, 
If you're planning on seeing a movie in the theaters this week with Adam Driver in it, I suggest you not spend your money on that movie and instead watch Marriage Story. It's great. I loved it. I laughed. I cried. It moved me, Bob. The highest praise. The highest praise one can bestow upon a piece of media. It's great. What did, is that <clears throat> you told me your friend said, like... Who would have guessed that Adam Driver is, like, the actor of our generation or something? Yeah, he, he shared it, and he goes, he, I think he said, so I guess Adam Driver is the greatest actor of our generation. <laughs> I mean, I think he's pretty great. And even I, in Star Wars, I think he was doing a kick-butt job with what he had. I Everything I've seen him in, I've loved. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Don Quixote, um, and there's one, there's another one on Netflix I've been meaning to watch. With Ben Stiller, funnily enough. I don't remember. Um, but you should watch that movie instead. It's it's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and they're getting divorced, and their lawyers... Pretty sure that's a spoiler. No, if you watch, it's in the, it's in the trailer. Is it? Yeah. Oh. That's the whole thing. Go on. Their lawyers are Laura Dern and Alan Alda and Ray Liotta, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Laura Dern... Um, also, everyone needs to go back and watch The Last Jedi, because it's great. We, we, I, we re-watched the, uh, the first two movies. And well, we this, tried, but I fell asleep both times. I fell asleep. And I almost fell asleep in the third one. I, that's fine. That The fault of that is the movie theater, it's not my fault. You would have had a better time. Have you been sleeping? Uh, here's the thing is we did go to like an 1130 show, which is too late and I will never do again. But the second thing is it was one of those theaters where you can recline your seat and there's like a footrest. Mm -hmm. As soon as I put the footrest down because I was falling asleep, I woke back up again. Yeah. So it's that is a bad idea for you shouldn't be able to get that comfortable in movie theaters. Because I was like, I felt myself like blinking really hard and like starting to fall asleep and I had to put my feet back down. But then I woke up again and saw the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I think we as a society owe Ryan Johnson an apology for how mean we were to him. I wasn't mean to anybody. I liked that movie. I did, too. Everybody else owes Ryan Johnson an apology. Hey, listeners, I'm sorry that I uh, forgot and tweeted from the wrong account uh, about uh, people who hated The Last Jedi. Where is your God now? I accidentally tweeted that from the, the <laughs> podcast account and not my own Twitter. That's fine. But I just decided to leave it. But my, my review stands. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I mentioned this, but I um, signed up for a Spotify premium. And uh, it's going pretty cool so far. I like it. I can just listen to music. Any music I ever wanted to listen to at any time. It's kind of nice. You don't miss the ads for Spotify on Spotify? Nope. I would. In case I forgot what service i'm listening to that's just a sneaky way to get you to sign up for premium is they just put so many ads in for premium you're like mm -hmm. i'll do anything to make these ads go away <laughs> goodbye money um also i've been i'm still uh watching home improvement uh it'll still i'm in season five now it's still holding up pretty well it's still good yeah you think it'll fall off by the end i'm not sure I don't know much about the run of that show. It gets progressively more serious. Yeah. Um, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, but I think the... 
it's written well enough that it doesn't feel like they're grabbing for like plot lines or something. Yeah. That's good. Um, and also everybody should go follow Dry Bar Comedy on Facebook and Instagram because they put up a lot of like stand up bits and specials and stuff. And they're pretty much all great. Of all of the um like stand up pages, I think that one's consistently the funniest. Or at least for my specific sense of humor. That's good. Um that's about it. I I, I have nothing to contribute this week. <laughs> That's all right. We had a real long episode last week, so we can be, you know, a little more brief this week if we want to. I don't think anybody would mind. That's okay. Uh, this week, my things of the week include the song Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Just a good old-fashioned jam if you're looking for one. Also, I saw Frozen 2, as I mentioned, and I have had the song from Frozen 2, Lost in the Woods, stuck in my head since I saw it. It's the best song in the movie, and you should listen to it. If you haven't, if you have seen the movie, if you haven't yet, you should see the movie first because the way that it comes up in the movie, I think, is really good, and it's better if you don't know what it is. Um, also, I discovered a new Christmas song. It's not really a Christmas song, but it has the word Christmas in it. Uh, it's called "Hard Candy Christmas" by Dolly Parton. Uh, she didn't actually write it. It's from a musical that she was in a movie of the musical called "The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas." I looked all this up because I wondered where this song was from. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, the musical came out in like 78 or something, and the movie came out in like 82 mm-hmm. or something. And uh, so there was like an, an original musical version, and then there was like Dolly Parton's single that she put out like after the movie came out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like a twangy country, but it's, it's fun. I like the song. Um, also, I got a big craving for Pringles today because someone, Cho, uh, did one of his YouTube videos where he eats like all the flavors of something. And he, he tried, like, 17 flavors of Pringles, and I was like, man, I could go for a can of Pringles. So I bought a can of uh, sour cream and onion Pringles today, and that was a good choice. And uh, my last thing is wrapping paper that has the dotted lines inside, so you can make uh, straight lines when you cut it. Uh, all wrapping paper should have that. If it doesn't, um, boo. Boo on you. Things of the week. Great. Bop is the correct response. Also, we have one question for question time. Question time. Your sister Emily asks, best Christmas cookie. Now, we went over this last year, but we can do it again for anybody who maybe hasn't heard it. Best Christmas cookie. It's the the sugar co- with the Hershey Kiss. Now explain. It's a cookie with a Hershey Kiss in the middle. You need to explain what the cookie is. It's a sugar cookie with a Hershey Kiss That's wrong. in the middle. Hot take. They taste better as just sugar cookies with the... I don't like them with the peanut butter in it. I don't remember what I said in that... uh, When we did the top five Christmas cookies. Do you remember? Couldn't tell you. Off the top of my head... I am... I am tempted to agree with you. And I think maybe it is the Kiss Cookies. I really like cutouts as well. I think you said, I want to say you said cutouts were your favorite. I wish I could remember. But you know, at least this year I've been feeling the Kiss Cookies a lot more. I don't know what it is. Um, So that's what I'm going with for now. So uh, thanks for the questions. Remember, we always do question time if we get some questions. So feel free to send us anything you want us to answer on the podcast. Just comment on any of our social media posts or send us a message. Or send us an email, sleepingsituation at gmail.com. 
And you might just hear your question on the air. It's a well-known fact in my family that those are my favorite Christmas cookies. So they'll back you up? I think so. Yeah, if, if, I, if you need sources. I'm going to put the computer down on the floor. Computer's being bad. We have to put it on the floor. Oh. What happened? We got to have a ruckus. That's what we got to have. I'm not good at vamping. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, no. All right. All right. Are we ready for review? If you stop touching the microphone. Are we ready for review time? Yes. This is the part of the show where we review something that we've seen, and we're not doing Star War for today because it's Decomber. Uh, Decom December, Disney Channel original movie time. I can give you a Star Wars review. I hated it. Good. Uh, so during Decomber, we decided that we're going to take advantage of Disney Plus and watch a different Disney Channel original movie every week in December and review it on the podcast. And for this week, we have gone back in time to the 20th century, back to 1999, and watched Xenon Girl of the 21st century. Wow. Future. Um, future. <laughs> future. Everything's chrome in the future. So, uh, Xenon is a pretty popular DCOM series, I would say. It's pretty classic. A lot of people know it and love it. We watched the first one. It, they do have all three on, my voice cracked, on Disney+. Plus, and I would like to watch the others now just to see, because I don't remember the other two as much as I remember the first one. Um, but if you've never seen it, it's about a girl named Xenon who lives on a space station and things start to go screwy on the space station, and she's very curious and adventurous and gets herself into trouble, and uh, she gets sent back to Earth for a while. But there's trouble on the space station, and she's got to save them. Trouble. Right here on the space station. Starts with T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for... Pluto. Pluto. My brain, protozoa. There you go. Did not think of a P. (laughs) Um, good news. Also, there's going to be a concert on the uh, space station. That's important. And the, like, the the guy who finances the space station is coming to uh, inspect and see what's up. Inspector uh, detector? Xenon's parents are scientists on the space station for some reason. And uh, Xenon has friends <laughs> that uh, come into the story, I guess. So, uh, overall, what did you think of the movie? So, I... When I was a kid, this was always one of my more favorite ones. And I think it's because it's actually not half bad, and there's mm-hmm. actually a storyline. Yes. Absolutely agree. Uh, I said it's a beautiful mess of a movie. Uh, it's got hits and misses, but, like, altogether, it's the sum of its parts is greater than the whole. What? It's the whole is greater than its parts is no. what you're trying. The sum of its parts is greater than its whole. Yeah. I don't think that that doesn't sound right. So uh, what did you like about the movie? Um, the uh, I think the thing that has um, that it has going for it the most is that it's a, especially as far as a, a decon goes, it's a pretty original story mm-hmm. and like thought and setting it's not just like oh we're in middle school and some kids are mean and now the big events coming up but something bad happened 
And that's how they all are. No, Dad, it's your dream. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite (laughs) criticism to make. Um... It uh, it just it doesn't feel like every other cookie cutter kind of decom movie, um, and it like as far as it being a kids movie, you're pretty well at least interested in the plot and what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean you know she's gonna win because it's a decom, but um, mm-hmm. just the sort of oh how's she gonna figure this out kind of thing. Um, I thought it was really funny. They, so she goes to Earth, right? And it's in some obviously Southern California town. And she's like, where's all the flying trains and the, the spaceports and the, and her aunt's like, oh, that's in the big city. We don't really, you know, we're a little bit slower here. And it was like, that was just their clever way of not having to animate flying trains and like. Hover cars and stuff. Right. They just mentioned them. Right. I thought that was kind of a funny way to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very funny to me that they're all driving around in 1998-99 Volkswagen Beetles. But they're self-driving. Sure. Yeah, that makes it future. And yeah. they're, they're solar-powered. Exactly. Um, so that makes it the future. Also, one of my other favorite things is anytime an old movie... Um, does, like, future projection stuff, or it's, like, set in the future. It's fun for me to see, like, what is we have now and yeah. what we don't have and, like, how wrong they get it sometimes. Right. Um, this one doesn't take any super leaps. Like, there's some of them that are, like, you know, oh, his brain is on a computer now. And it's like, that doesn't seem like that could happen. This or like, one, I press a button and, like, food appears or right. something. Yeah. This one seems pretty reasonable as far as the science fiction of it goes. Because it's only supposed to be about 50 years in the future. Like, exactly 50 years in the future, because it's set in 2049. Right. So it was in 1999, so that's 50 years, right? Right. So, you know, it's, like, logical steps from, like, the cell phones that they had in the 90s. Right. Or, like, you know, TV or whatever. Yeah, it's, I mean, the biggest leap that they kind of assume is they're living on a space station. And, that's, and that you can get, like, to Earth in a couple hours. Well, I mean, you probably could. If it's just a space station around Earth, it can't take that long to get there. Well, I don't know. It takes, like, three days to get to the moon, doesn't it? Well, yeah, the moon's a long way away. I know, we don't know how far away it is. They don't tell us. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I also, it's like, they're having, like, video calls which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a video call on like a Windows 95 looking interface. It's like if Windows 95 made an iPad. Yeah. That was like as thick as the laptop would have been. <laughs> um, I love that the computers are just like... Computers. Mac computers. Yeah. Did you see that all the mouses were like the ball? Do you remember the ball mouses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they that's... had like those wavy keyboards that were supposed to be really ergonomic for typing on. Right, yeah. And they just, I'm sure they got those because they look funky. Yeah. But those were real things. Yeah, they look futury. Yeah, that's probably the only reason they right. were just like, well, we can just buy these instead of making something. Yeah. Um, it also made me laugh that it's supposed to be in the future and her, her clothes are supposed to be futury, but it looks like something out of, like, a 1980s, like, Scorpion music video or something. Yeah, they're wearing, like, metallic spandex underneath, like... Denim jackets. 
Yeah, like a denim vest and skirt. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's fun. But they do do their hair kind of funky and, like, put on weird accessories and stuff. Sure. Like, they tried, but it <clears throat> it's a funny it's a funny version of, like, how future people dress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you have to say? Um, I liked a lot of things. I think thematically it's pretty good. It's about, like, learning to trust people, kind of. They, they kind of hint at that, like, you know, she needs her parents to trust her and she wants to trust other people and whatever. Um, to, like, help her out with stuff, because at first she's like, no, I got this, and she has to learn to, like, ask for help. Um, and it's also about, like, going outside your comfort zone, seeing new places, fitting in different places, that kind of stuff. So I think thematically it's pretty good. Um, there's good acting at times. Um, I think that the kid who played Greg, which is sort of Xenon's love interest that she meets when she goes to Earth, she's, like, 13, by the way. Um, I thought his acting was pretty good for, like, child Actors, like, compared to the other kids in the movie, I think his acting was one of the best. Um, I also think Xenon's kooky aunt was pretty good. I like the way she Mm -hmm. played that character. Like, a very, like, nervous, um, awkward sort of adult person. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, Protozoa is great. He's the the lead singer of the band that's going to come do the concert on the space station. Mm -hmm. And I really like the way he, like, he really plays the part. Like, he's a very, like, kooky kind of... Like like a rock star caricature, but he commits to it and he, yeah. it's consistent. I just I like, like how it. it's like the um it's it feels like Austin Powers level of Yes, like, well he kind of speaks like a Cockney English accent yeah, yeah. almost. For whatever reason. Yeah. But like he, he commits to it the whole time, which right. is what I like about him. Um and I mean, besides his hair being like weird as hell, he is pretty hot even by today's standards, which can't always be said for 1999 movies. People just looked different then. Um, so that's a plus. Everybody loves him. The song is great. Uh, everybody still knows Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom, my supernova girl. And there's a reason why. Um, I think there were some fun stylistic choices, the clothes and the hair for one thing, but otherwise just like the way that their house is kind of set up, that they kind of live in like an apartment inside like the... The uh, space station, there's, like, the spiral staircase down. I like mm-hmm. the way they sort of styled her bedroom to look like something that would be the same as a teenager's bedroom that we would recognize just mm-hmm. with futury stuff in it. Um, I just think there were some fun, like, stylistic choices that way. Um, and the way that, like, everybody was sort of wearing very similar clothes, and it was, like, almost like a uniform, but not. And I think it was supposed to reflect, like, well, up here we only have, like, things that we can make ourselves or that we can sustain or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, there must only be so many choices for, like, colors or fabrics mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so I think that made it kind of fun that it was all, everybody sort of matched. Mm-hmm. But, like, they weren't wearing the same exact, like, uniform outfits or something like that. Um, I think there were, like, instances of good writing where, like, things came back around that they mentioned earlier. Um, to give an example, there was, like... They're talking about what it would be like if they lived on Earth, all the kids on the space station. And they're like, I mean, everybody down there is probably miserable. They have germs and they get colds and stuff. And then as soon as Xenon comes to Earth, she starts sneezing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like they were kind of right in some ways, but also not Mm -hmm. in others. Um, Or like the thing about just the whole like how she didn't know she was wearing the disc the whole time that the bad guys needed Mm -hmm. or wanted. Um, I liked that they put it like 
right on her instead of it just being like, oh, it's it's in my bag or whatever. It's right. like she's wearing it as jewelry because she doesn't know what it is. Right. And I like that choice. And it's I, that's a good point too because it um, Raven like says that she makes like jewelry out of like stuff she finds. Yes. Like junk. And that's like she found that, so she made an earring out of it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that's a consistent mm-hmm. storytelling thing, I guess. Um, there were other ones, but now I can't remember in my other examples. Um, yeah, I said the same thing. It's a fun concept that like there's something wrong with the space station, and a kid has to save it. That like doesn't come from anything else, and it's different than a lot of the other stuff they mm-hmm. make. And I think. One of my favorite moments that I just wanted to mention was one of the cheesiest of the entire movie, but I liked it because they fully committed to it being cheesy, and they were, like, aware that it was cheesy. And the whole thing was that when Xenon is coming back, because the space space station is about to uh, blow up, and she knows how to save it, her aunt that she was living with on Earth comes with her, and her aunt is terrified of space and is like, I never met a man or settled down or anything because I'm too scared to literally do anything. And, like, the second they step onto the space station, she, like, bumps into the captain of the ship, and they, like, immediately fall in love. Like, the ship, like, rumbles, and they both fall, like, into each other, and it's literally, like, angel chorus sings, and it's so cheesy the way they just, like, look at each other and immediately are Mm -hmm. like, yep. But I love that they just, like, went full-on cheese with it, and it makes it funny that way, because you know, you can tell that they're being deliberate about it. Like, oh, of course, but it's still funny. Um, so what, uh, oh, um... wait, go, I have, I have one on. more thing I wanted to say that I like. Yes. There was one really cool, I thought, um, like, uh, what's the word? Like, cinematography choice? Cinema... Mm-hmm. Yes. One very interesting camera choice, I guess, that okay. I thought was cool. When she first gets off the ship... And she's, like, having a hard time walking. Oh, And, like, yeah. everything's really heavy. She's walking, like, up this gangway. And the camera starts to tilt. And so it, it makes it look, basically, like the ramp is getting steeper and steeper. Like, it's harder to walk. Yeah. And I thought that was, like, a really cool, kind of clever thing. It was pretty subtle. Yeah, but, no, I totally get it. But I was like, wow, that's that's a really neat thing that... You don't see in these movies ever. Yeah, because they mentioned before that you're, like, 35 pounds heavier on Earth or something. Mm-hmm. So when she gets there, she's, like, having trouble walking because everything feels heavier right. to her. Yeah. And even though she's walking on, like, a slightly inclined thing, they make it... Mm-hmm. With the camera, they show how hard it is. Yeah. That's... Yeah. You're totally right. That's really cool. So uh, what grievances have you to air? Um, I try not to judge... Um, movies based on special effects given the time that they were made. Correct. So, like, you can watch the 1932 King Kong and you can't, like, say, oh, that monkey looks terrible. Because <laughs> like, they're doing the best they could. No, it was super groundbreaking yeah. at the time. And it's like, for the time that this was made, that was amazing. Right. The CG in this looks terrible. Yeah, by today's standards, it's like, ooh. For 1999 standards, it looks terrible. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, Phantom Menace came out in 99. Oh, I guess you're right. They could do a lot more with computers. I guess, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it like that. They totally don't ever put that much of a budget towards these. And I feel like the majority of this one probably went to set and costumes. Right. They would have had to make a lot rather than just, like, buy them, like, jeans and stuff. They could have used a model. And it would have looked way better. Yeah. it's The CG is pretty bad. It's real bad. Um, 
they were trying to go for like, oh, it's the future and we live on a space station, but all of the dialogue sounds like Mad Libs. <laughs> um, they just you just put something sciency after everything, and now it's future talk. Right. Um. Like everything is like, oh, he's being so nebulous. And like gaseous was my gaseous, favorite. Gaseous, yeah. It's gonna be totally gaseous. Um, everything. <laughs> I liked how they. Uh, it's like, oh, he's angry major or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they said that every time. Yeah, everything is something major or something minor. Right. Um, it just. I commit one <clears throat> sin minor, and they ship me off to Earth or whatever it is right. she says. Yeah, it it seemed like they were working a little hard, trying to make it seem like it's the future. The dialogue like, is never very good in these. No. So then try and make it even like fancier to another degree. Right. And it's gonna be rough. It was there was some pretty cringy dialogue moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like they could have just talked normal, and it's like, oh, they're living on a space station. It's obviously the future. That would have been fine. No, no. Um. I didn't like they... You never really get a confession from the bad guy. Yeah. Um, She just kind of assumes that he's trying to blow up the space station. For the insurance money. Yeah, for the insurance money, but he never, like, actually says... Yeah. Or or they never really prove that that's why he wanted to do it. That's pretty true. They just kind of said it. And it's like, I would have liked at least, like, a confession out of him... Or, oh, gotten we were going it. through his... E- yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your stupid dog. Um, yeah, if they, like, went through his emails or something and he's talking about... Oh. He's mm-hmm. trying to blow it up. Or it just... It seemed pretty vague. Yeah. Um, as to why... As to his motives, I guess. Yeah. Also, he could have just sold it, right? Maybe nobody else is rich enough. I guess so. But he'd already sunk enough money into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not explained. So I find it very convenient that there's no... There, so the way that they got rid of the future stuff on Earth was like, oh, that's just in the big cities. But this guy owns like this multi-billion dollar mega corporation in their town. In the same city. Right. Yeah. Where her aunt just happens to also live. Right. Or at least there's like a headquarters of some kind Yeah. there. Seems a little convenient. Um... I think Greg comes off as super creepy the whole time. Really? Yeah, like Interesting. it there's a lot of like like he wants her and he's super obvious about it all the time. Hmm. I guess. I don't I know, just, I didn't that, see it that way, it but seemed that's weird to me. Interesting. Um, I really don't have a ton of complaints. Uh like I said, for a kid's movie, it's still pretty entertaining and I think it's pretty clever. Um, my biggest complaint is really the dialogue. Like, like yeah. it, just, it just, they didn't need to make up new slang for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you got? Um, so I think it's a little bit weirdly paced, uh, overall. I think there are some, besides the fact there were like one or two shots that I was like, they held on that for a little too long. Um, <laughs> I think it gets a little slow at points. So, like, 
Xenon catches the the CEO guy's henchman assistant mm-hmm. guy in the hallway trying to mess with the control room, basically. And it's like, she doesn't catch him that time. She goes back again to catch him. And it seems like, that. why didn't they just make it all into one? She yeah. just catches him. The, you know what I mean? She just catches him it, the first time. I, yeah, or, I think the movie starts out pretty slow. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty slow for the first half, and then it picks up. Yeah. So I think some some moments are just a little weirdly paced, and maybe they just couldn't think of more to make it longer. Because it's not a very long movie. It was no. only, like, I don't, it, 70 minutes or something. It's, it was just <laughs> over an hour, I think. Um, so I, I guess maybe they were just trying to stretch it out a little to make it yeah. movie length. But um, I agree. St- maybe they could have done something else. Like, what else do they do up there for fun rather than get in trouble? Or... You know, where it's, he, it was really weird when he took her on the horse. Yeah. Uh, she's on Earth and she's like, I've never seen a real horse before, which is, I guess is a legit interesting, what would be interesting to her because she's never seen one, but also she's scared of it. But I feel like maybe he could have like shown her more, like took her to a bowling alley or like took her to somewhere else that she'd never seen. Yeah. I don't know. Or like, took her other places she'd never seen. He, But he takes her on a horse like to the beach, which... That's fair, but I think they could have done more of that. Yeah. Because then she would have been... It seems like she should have been a little more conflicted because she, she maybe should have started to like it more on Earth than mm-hmm. she thought. But really the only thing that she liked about it was that Greg was there. Yeah. And I think it would have been cool to see her be a little more torn about, like, am I going to go back or not? Or, like, do I want to stay in space or not? And maybe that's in the sequels. I don't know. But, like... The sequel? The sequel in Z3. Um, anywho, um, I think it's a good story, but I think there is some, like, not as good world building to it. They don't really explain what the future is. It's just only what we see, if that makes any sense. So, like, for one thing, I have no sense of how much time is passing in this movie, because all the events seem to happen close together, but also the way they talk about them, it seems like more time has elapsed than they really imply, so, in the first, like, the first day that we're shown is where they find out that the concert is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's going to be, like, that week or the next week. But then, immediately, there's a contest for somebody to get to go up on stage. And she spends, like, one day making this weird doll thing that she enters the contest with. That I don't understand what the contest is, first of all. Um, it's a contest. They don't explain what the contest is. She just makes this thing and sends it in. Um, but anyway, and she wins the contest, like, immediately. So I'm like, how much time has passed there? It wasn't really clear. Mm -hmm. And then between, you know, how long was the CEO there before he went back to Earth? Because it was definitely more than one night because she had to find them over several nights trying to break into the control room. Mm -hmm. She gets sent to Earth, and we have no idea how long she's been there until her aunt's like, well, you've only been here five days. And it's like, that seemed like two days. So now I'm confused. There was just a weird passage of time, and it's, like you said, it's kind of weird how they hide the technology on Earth, because then it's unclear how advanced Earth is compared to the space station, because you'd think, if they can make the technology to use in space, why don't they have it on Earth also? Yes. So it seems like there's a weird disconnect there. I get, like, they say that, like, oh, we're, we take it slower down here. Mm-hmm. But then there are some people that are dressed kind of futuristic and funny and other people that are dressed totally normal. Yeah. And that seems inconsistent and weird to me. And then the 
the mean girl on earth, Margie, is like, well, my dad has a hover limo or whatever mm-hmm. it is she says. So it's like they have self-driving cars and, like, hover cars and stuff. We don't see them. Right. But so it's like, so why aren't they more? Why doesn't it look the same as the space station? Or, like, why don't they? That just seems weird to me, and I don't really understand where what the whole world is like is all I'm saying. And um, they don't explain what her parents are experimenting on. No. They're like, we're doing really important science up here. And it's like, okay, but what, though? Science. They have, they have a rat in a cage, and they're like, and we need a zero-gravity chamber. So we can only do this experiment on the space station. Which is a good thing that they did say that. Because otherwise it's like, well, why can't they just go back to Earth if they want to disband the space station? Because everybody's worried that they're going to like shut it down and make them all go back to Earth. Right. In the beginning. Um so it's it's good that they gave a reason for that, but they don't explain what the experiment is or what it's... They're like, they're going to, like, save lives with some kind of medicine or something. Yeah. But they don't explain what the experiment is or it's dumb. Um, there are some plot holes. My biggest issue is that they say that Xenon lived on Earth until she was five, and then she and her parents moved to the space station. Mm-hmm. But when she comes back to Earth, she's like never heard of school or like never heard of pizza and it's like you lived there for five years you would have had pizza before i guarantee it yeah but she has no idea what pizza is or like she doesn't know to use money until like somebody like mentions it and she's like oh you guys use money down here it's like well you lived here for five years right so i think it would have made more sense if she was just born on the space station and i don't really know why they didn't do that. I guess they didn't want her aunt to be a total stranger to her, but at the same time, they're implying that she remembers zero things about Earth. Right. So she wouldn't have remembered her aunt anyway, other than, like, seeing her, like, calling on the phone, the video phone or whatever. Right. So I don't know why they didn't just have her born on the space station and not know anything about Earth at all. That seems like it would make more sense. It also doesn't make, like, are they implying that they just never leave the space station? Yeah. That's kind of weird. So, like... I don't know. That seems strange to me. And at the same time, I was also like, it's funny that, like, they talk about, well, up here we don't have any germs because we're, you know, automatically sanitized or Mm -hmm. whatever. That means the second she stepped outside on Earth, germs would get her and she'd die. She would have no immune system. Also true. So she wouldn't just sneeze. She would drop dead. She would get pneumonia and die. So you're not supposed to think about that. It's a kid's movie. (laughs) Being sick is sneezing. But, like... Sneezing so hard that you fall flat on your ass, which is what she does coming out of the uh, space shuttle thing. But anyway, um, it just seemed like a weird plot hole to me, like not explained. Um, Margie, the mean girl on Earth, sucks and has serves no purpose, and she sucks. The acting, her actor is not good. Um, she's there to like serve as like she likes Greg. And it's telling Xenon to stay away. But Xenon never cares that she says it. So what's the point? Why not just let her make friends on Earth? Because she's got other problems to worry about. She doesn't really need another, like, antagonist on her. And an antagonist that doesn't have any effect on her anyway. Like, it never bothers her. So why add it? Um, She she makes a friend named Andrew who can inexplicably hack computers. I was going to say something. I just thought about that. And it's like, why? How many kids... Middle school children are out there hacking computers because they're all... Every Disney Channel original movie 
has some kid that can hack a computer. Well, Greg kind of does it, too, because she's like, oh, you got past their thing and into their files because she couldn't do it. Right. So both of them can kind of do it. She has the other friend named Andrew can, like, really hack everything because he makes, like, an antivirus program. Right. To beat the virus that they put into the space station to blow it up. Right. They kind of imply that maybe his dad is some kind of computer genius, but that has nothing to do with what he's able to do unless his dad was like, here, son, sit down, 10-year-old, and I'll teach you how to hack the computer. So, like, I don't know about that. Um, Xenon's mom wanted to go to the space station because she's scared of Earth, but then sends her daughter back to Earth that she's supposedly so scared of that she doesn't want to go back. Seems like a likely punishment. I also like how they're punishing her by sending her to Earth, and then they're like, oh, we'll get you back here as soon as possible. It's going to be okay. We love you so much. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to send her to Earth. You just, yeah, I don't... Anyway, that seemed like a weird thing to do. It, I think it should have been like the captain ordered her to go to Earth. Right. The captain's like, well, I'll let you take care of this. He should have been like, no, she has to leave. Until the CEO is gone or until we have right. the new money and she can't mess it up or something. Maybe he couldn't banish her permanently. Or maybe he should have. I don't know. But it seems like that should have been up to the, the captain. Because then the parents could have been like, well, we don't want to do this. We're scared of Earth. We don't want you to go there. But go live with your aunt. Right. Uh, that seemed like a weird choice. Um, it's been 30 years. They say like the, the space station's like 27 years old, I think, is mm-hmm. what they actually say. And they're like, but there's never been a concert on it. Seems like something they would have thought of pretty quick. That seems like a long time to just be like, you know what we could do? Yeah, that's pretty If they true. were going to do that, it seems like a weird long time to wait. And like you said with the slang, it, it's a little distracting, but my biggest issue with it is like the slang they use on Earth and the slang they use on the space station are so similar, but Xenon acts like she can't understand the Earth slang. But they sound the same to me. So they should have made them more different. Yeah. Because they sound the same. If you just took one out of context, it would be hard to say which one it came from. Sure. So if they wanted to show that like there was a big difference between the culture there and the culture here, they should have made them sound more different. Yeah. But they were both using kind of like futuristic, cool skateboarder words. <laughs> you know. It's major alpha cool, or whatever they would say. Um, so what kind of rating would you give the movie? Um, I said it holds up plot-wise despite the absolutely cringy dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it's probably one of the better DCOMs. I haven't seen them all. But it's it's not bad. I enjoyed it mostly. Also, at the end, with the, there's a concert on the space station. Mm-hmm. There's like... Two guitar players and a bass player, and none, nothing is plugged in, and also there's no guitar or bass in the song. No, it's just, like, synth and drums. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me angry. But it's rock and roll. It is rock and roll, it's don't not, you forget. It's not rock and roll. It's, like, pop music. But it's rock and roll. Um, I said, like, a five and a half. Oh, really? I gave it, like, a seven. I think it's fun. I think it's mostly interesting to watch. I, I want to know what happens next. Um... And I think, yeah, overall, like, a good story structure, a good story framework that they're working with. If there's, you know, the plot holes that I pointed out are, like, details. They're not, like, overall plot problems. The plot is pretty straightforward, but it's fun to watch, and it's interesting. Um, Definitely cheesy, um, but I think the ending is pretty good. The way it all comes together. I think it wraps up pretty well. 
It's fun. Ends on the funky dance number. Um, you know, it's, it's, it wraps up pretty neat for it could have been more complicated, I suppose. She, they don't really go into, like, whether she's sad to leave Greg behind on Earth or not. Maybe they knew that they were going to plan a sequel. I'm sure he's got to be in it somehow, right? Um, if not, then it's just like, well, what could have been, huh? But she's, like, video chatting him at the end and, like, blows him a kiss. So, obviously, it's like, she's being obvious that she likes him. It's not just like, well, we had our time. Yeah. She obviously has, like, some remaining interest in him. So, it's, it could have been more complicated about what they were going to do about that. But I suppose, in all, I just really like the end. Yeah. Good movie. Worth watching. Especially if you are uh, from our generation. If you're not, I don't know how you'll feel. But if you're our age, I bet you'll like it. You like how we're, like, uh, critically analyzing children's media? Yeah. It's fun. Sure. We are uh, tearing our childhood apart. Board by board. Dismantling this oppressive establishment. Mr. Krabs is in there. Standing at the concession, plotting his oppression. Uh, review? Yep. Okay. Um. Review. So, uh, we've done a lot of top fives lately, and we decided to mix it up today because our beloved randomtriviagenerator.com is working again. Trivia Bonanza! Trivia Bonanza is back again. Uh, so, hey, what we're going to do here is we're going to do two rounds or some tiebreakers, if we need, of uh, random trivia. We use randomtriviagenerator.com today, anywho. And uh, I selected several of the categories. I did, like, entertainment, history, general, and uh, art, art and literature, general trivia. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to do two rounds of uh, ten questions for each of us in each round. We're going to see who gets the most uh, random trivia right. You can play along at home. Sound like a plan? Yes. A plus. I got this in front of me, so you're going to answer first. Okay. So, uh, hey, what popular popular Motown group was originally known as the Primates? Uh... Is it the Ronettes? No, Ronettes were not Motown. Undo, reverse, rewind. Okay. Um, I'm going to say The Temptations. No. The Supremes. Oh. That makes sense, and I couldn't think of it, and then I panicked and said the wrong thing twice. I'm sorry about that. Uh, what author created the character of Nero Wolf? No, that sounds like... That sounds like... Uh, it sounds like a Game of Thrones... Uh, so I'm gonna guess George Martin. R.R. Martin. Rex Stout. Oh. Who I've never heard of. What literary work inspired Green Day's Who Wrote Holden Caulfield song? Is it The Catcher in the Rye? Yeah. Hooray. A point for Matt. What began as a ligature of the letters E and T? What? Um... Reading the answer, I will say, what began as, what symbol started out as a combination of the letters E and T? Is it the, uh, the ampersand? Yes. That was a very weird way, a very vague way to ask that question. 
What morbid structure traditionally has 13 steps? Um, is it a, uh, mausoleum? A gallo. Violetta Chamorro was the leader of what country? I don't know. Nicaragua. Hmm. Lenny Kravitz is the son of what popular sitcom actress? Hmm. Their whole family is famous. I don't know. Roxy Roker. I don't know who that is. I don't either. Maybe she's related to Al. <laughs> the USS Kearsarge is best known for sinking what Confederate vessel? Uh, Old Ironsides. CSS Alabama. Okay. What powers Monstropolis in the movie Monsters, Inc.? Screams. Mm-hmm. Or later on... Laughter. Uh, what detective novel begins with a dinner hosted by mysteriously absent Mr. U.N. Owen? Um... Is that, uh... Crap, what is that? Detective novel. Uh, is that the uh, Orient Express? No. It is not. It says, and then there were none. No. Is the title. Well, I don't know what that the is. The Orient Ex Express is all on the train. So that's round one for you. If you hit, uh... Yeah, round two. Now it's my turn. Who proposed the idea for Lazy's Fair? Lazy Fair? Lazy Fair. Lazy Fair? Why should I worry? Why should I care? Um, how about, I'm trying to think of, I know it's French. What uh, French philosopher can I think of? Uh, Rousseau? Jean-Jacques Rousseau? That's a... Adam right? Smith. Oh. California's man... The, uh, man... California's man's Chinese theater is located on what street? Oh. Um... It'll sound familiar when you say it. Um... Hollywood Boulevard... Correct. Yay! I was worried that was too obvious. Who popularized the game of bingo in the United States? Uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Edwin Lowe. Okay. What is the maximum high score that can be shown on screen in the video game Pac-Man? 999999. Very close. Ah. 999990. Ah. Who That's killed? A good guess. Who? Well, I get. Is everything worth ten points? Is that why? I don't know. Must be. Uh, who killed Count Dooku by cutting off his head? Anakin. Yes. Topical. Do uh, it. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. Excuse me. In which museum does the Mona Lisa hang? The uh, the Louvre. No, I'm sorry. It's the Louvre. <laughs> The Louvre. 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 Uh, what wise guys were forever licked 
link to the phrase nyak nyak nyak. Oops. The Three Stooges? Yeah. <laughs> the phrase nyak nyak nyak. With which war is Florence Nightingale associated? Oh. Um. Civil War. Uh, Crimean. Oh, wow. What is the other name for the gar- card game Patience? Patience. Solitaire? Mm-hmm. Nice. That was a good guess. Uh, what was Muhammad Ali said to float like? Uh, butterfly? Yes. Sting like a bee? Isn't that the other part? Yes. Yay! I'm smart today. I'm not smart on most days, but today, having a smart day. So, uh, now we're on, uh, round two. What's the score? Give us an update. Three to six. Me. Yes. Yee! We move on. Uh, what is the main ingredient in borscht? Borscht? I don't even know what borscht is. I believe that's spelled right. I think it's borscht with a T at the end. Borscht? Yeah. I always thought it had Molasses. Uh, beetroot. Okay. It's like a beet stew. Oh. Uh, what breed of dog is Marmaduke in the comic strip? Uh, he's a great day. Yes. Just like Scoob-Doo. The Somersby Cider brand is owned by which multinational brewing company? Uh, Coca-Cola. Carlsberg. Never heard of them. Me either. Uh, the Ugu Youth radio station is broadcast in with which African country? Nigeria. South Africa. Nope. Uh, what athlete played co-pilot Roger Murdoch in the 1980 movie <laughs> Airplane? Kareem. Kareem what? Abdul-Jabbar. Thank you. Uh, what ingredients are needed to make a standard Mai Tai cocktail? I don't know. Tequila. Light rum, dark rum, lime juice, or geet syrup, and orange curacao. Okay. That's a lot of things to know. What was a Nuremberg egg? Um, it's a um, caramel-filled egg. It's a small clock. Oh. What was the first state to allow women to vote? The state of mind. I'm going to guess Pennsylvania. Wyoming. Oh. It's because they had, like, four women there, so, like, I mean, you might as well. Out of, like, the nine people that lived there, four of them were women, so. Right. Uh, what band based its hit China in Your Hand on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? I don't know. Never heard of that song. Tipao. Tipao. Okay. You got weird questions today. According to the full title of Richard Wagner's Ring Cycle, the fabulous ring belongs to what race of dwarves? I don't know. Like, Tolkien probably doesn't even know. I I don't know. You'll never get this. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't know. The Nibelung. Nibelung. Okay. That was... That was... How... Ivy has the Three Stooges, and I get Wagner. It's fine. It's fine. Um, In 1990, Jennifer Aniston appeared in what short-lived TV show adapted from a popular movie? Oh, this is the thing she was in right before Friends started, probably. I forget what it's called. Ferris Bueller. Oh. Neat. 
From what language did English borrow the word rodeo? Spanish? Yes. Rodeo. Uh, what century did Rembrandt live in? Oh. 17th. Yes. Nice. That was a guess. Totally. Uh, when was the Christmas carol Silent Night composed? 1887. 1818. Wow. When was the actress and pinup model Betty Grable born? Five Short Grables? I don't even know who that is. 19... 19- Oh, 04. 16. Ah. Uh, what were the two cities in Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities? I have literally no idea. London and Birmingham. London and Paris. Ah. Uh, what is the name of a small barrel of beer or nine gallons capacity? A keg? A firkin. Who wrote the 1903 novel Call of the Wild? Um, Call of the Wild. Um, Joseph Conrad. Jack London. Ah. What was John F. Kennedy called by his friends? Jack? Yep. Nice. Uh, Stay was a hit single for which UK band in 1992? Stay, 1992. UK band. I never heard of them. Oh. Um. I would be surprised if you knew this. McFly. Shakespeare's sister. Uh, How'd we do? Ivy wins. No need for a tiebreaker today, folks. I have the biggest brain. <laughs> I mean, we could... You got all the easy questions. You know, that's not my fault. We could do two more rounds to see if I can beat you now. Or one more round. How about one more round of fives, but just for fun? I still win. No, I want to win. I'm not bartering my win. You have four more points than me. I'm not... No. There's no way that you're going to win... Give me the opportunity, please. The odds are in your favor. We can do it for fun. Well, I don't want to do it for fun. I want to do it for to win. No. You won at bingo. I did not. You have You bingo don't have skills. to do... There's no skills at bingo. Paying attention is the skill. Listening with your ears is a skill. Hearing over your screaming cousins is a skill. Yes, correct. Not uh, laughing and then blowing all of your markers off of your card, because I did it like three times is a skill. So is that it? I think that's it. Okay, well, hey. Ivy won't uh, let me try to redeem myself. Yeah, I won the game and I won't let you try and beat me. How mean. Uh... Well, hey, if you want to play on your own, just go to randomtriviagenerator.com and uh, see how many you know. Uh, Thanks again for listening. It's been a fun time. We hope you had a uh, good good evening, good morning, whatever it might be. Um, Hey, if you have any questions or suggestions, stuff we should do on our uh, upcoming episodes, just hit us up on social media whenever you feel like. 
Or send us an email, sleepingsituation at gmail.com. I'm so tired. I did nothing today, and I'm so tired. Um, Thanks for sticking around. Hope you had fun. And, uh, hey, have a happy holiday if you're celebrating this week or uh, soon or whenever or never. We love you. What are the four railways in the standard version of Monopoly? Um... Mm. Pennsylvania. That's one, right? Pennsylvania Railroad. That sounds right to me. Uh, I don't know any of the rest. It's the B&O Pennsylvania Reading and Short Line. I, I'm glad I got one. I'm proud of me. Okay, bye. <laughs>